called At the Cross, and uh, today we is the fourth one, so we're going to finish that series, um, and I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes, and then we'll end with the tomb, but um, what we can learn at the cross with the condemned criminal. We've looked at the cross through the eyes of the Roman soldier. We've looked at the cross through the eyes of Mary Magdalene, the devoted servant, through Mary, the heartbroken mother of Christ. And today I want to introduce you to a condemned criminal who over 2,000 years ago was crucified on a cross right next to Jesus Christ. Now get this, within earshot of the Son of God. We're going to look at how through the experience with Jesus, this criminal was transformed into a forgiven man who would join the Lord in paradise. Luke chapter 23, verse 32. Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him, with Jesus, and they came to the place called a skull. It's called a skull because that was where they commonly did executions, and it was also called Golgotha. It's important to understand that this wasn't out in the wilderness somewhere. It wasn't some obscure place, some hidden place. This was just steps from the center of Jerusalem where everybody could see. Because remember how the Romans used crucifixion. They used it as a form of terrorism. They wanted people to see the execution so they would be deterred from rebelling or from coming against the Roman government. So it was something they did in the open where everybody could see. Scripture says when they come to this place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross. The criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Three crosses, Jesus in the center, two criminals, one on either side. Verse 35 says the crowd watched and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he's really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, This is the king of the Jews. They meant that sign to be a form of mockery. But the irony is, it was true. Jesus is the king, amen? He is the king. Verse 39 says, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. This one criminal is just going along with the crowd. He's mocking Jesus as well. But then look at the other criminal in verse 40. The other criminal protested, don't you fear God? Even when you've been sentenced to die, we deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. This other criminal, he's coming to terms with the life that he'd lived and the guilt that he had on him. But he was also recognizing that Jesus wasn't guilty. And in this moment, he has his life. He has his life after death. He has what's going to happen, what's going to happen when I die on his mind, because look at what he says in verse 42. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, think, 
To me, that's incredible. In the last moments of his life, it's about to end. This guy answers probably one of the life's most important questions, which is, who is Jesus? One of the most important questions we can ask in life, who is Jesus? That Jesus is the Messiah. And he asks Jesus in one of his final breaths, he says, Will you take me from here with you? How did he know that? (laughs) He says, will you save me? He asks for salvation. And Jesus' reply in verse 43, he says, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. I assure. Now listen, if the Son of God says, I assure you, I assure you, you can believe, I assure you, today, you'll be with me in paradise. And so Jesus sees the heart of this condemned man, although we don't know everything about this condemned criminal. What we do know is that in this moment, Jesus saw his fate. In this moment, Jesus saw his readiness for salvation in one moment, in the final moment of his life, this condemned criminal, apart from everything he'd done in his life to that point, received God's salvation. Now, we all know, we've heard of the death row conversions of people. And I've heard people make all kinds of judgments Well, people who have been sentenced, terms in jail or for crimes or whatever it is, and while they're there, I mean, Chuck Colson's a good example. What happened? Amazing ministry after he served his son. And sometimes people can be skeptical, oh, that's just, you know, jailhouse conversion. Well, here's a great example of one in Jesus was not criticizing. He wasn't judging. He said, I assure you, today. We already encourage many of you, if you hadn't, or any of you here who hadn't prayed, want to tell you, if you prayed and you've asked Christ to come into your life, Jesus says, I assure you, you will be with him. In paradise. Now, the only thing we know really about paradise, if you want to go back to the Garden of Eden, it was kind of called a paradise. Everything was perfect. Everything was wonderful. Everything was copacetic. It was just good. Today, are you going to be with him in paradise? As we wrap up our At the Cross series and think about what this Sunday means, I want to take time to explore some lessons we can learn from this condemned criminal about God's salvation. For some of you, it'll probably just be reminders. 
But today is a perfect time to be reminded of God's great gift of grace and salvation to us. And we can be thankful. For others, this might be new ground for you. As we go to the cross with this condemned criminal, you may discover something today that changes your eternity forever. Just like it did for this man. Maybe you'll realize that if you're living without God in your life, you're a dead man. Or a dead woman. Or I suppose to be politically correct in our day and age now, you're a dead person. You're just dead without Jesus. Even though you're still alive, you're moving forward in life toward an eternity that's going to be spent, separated from God. But maybe today, for the first time, you'll recognize who Jesus really is and you'll experience him in a way that you never have before. So as we look at this transformed, condemned criminal... And see what it teaches us about God's salvation. Luke 23, verse 43, where Jesus said, I assure you today, you'll be with me in paradise. Number one, we can learn, it's in your bulletin. Salvation is by grace. The condemned criminal receives salvation through God's grace. Now, what is salvation? Salvation is simply God's process of forgiving our sin of adopting us into his family and securing our eternity forever in heaven through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. That's salvation. It's God's work. Now, when we say salvation by grace, what is by grace? Well, grace means that we did nothing to earn it. It was all God's doing. We didn't earn it. It was a gift from God. Many have used the acrostic for grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. All given to us. A gift. And here in our story, this condemned criminal on the cross is crucified right next to Jesus. Think about it. Of all the places he could have been crucified. He was crucified on Golgotha, on Skull Hill, right next to Jesus, the Son of God. Of all the days that he could have been crucified. He's crucified on that first Good Friday right beside Jesus. Records show that crucifixion was a daily occurrence. Romans crucified their enemies and criminals in astounding numbers, hundreds sometimes at a time. To suppress and to terrorize the people. Now understand, Jerusalem, their prisons were filled with condemned criminals. And of all the days and of all the people, this condemned criminal could have been crucified beside He was crucified that day right next to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Some might say he was the luckiest guy in Golgotha that day, if you can call dying lucky. But the truth is, it had nothing to do with luck. God had a plan for this criminal on this day, God was going to use him to demonstrate the grace of God and this criminal on the worst day of his life, on the last day of his life, finds himself hanging on a cross right next to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Look at what Jesus says to him again, going back to our verse. I assure you, today, you'll be with me in paradise. 
One thing I want to assure you, by the time we're done this morning, you will have memorized that phrase. I assure you, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Now, why did Jesus say these words to this condemned criminal? Because at the last possible moment, I believe the criminal reached the proper conclusion to life's most important question. At the very last moment, he understood who Jesus was. He realized that the sign that they posted above his head was true. He was the promised Messiah. He was the king. This condemned criminal never heard these next verses in your outline, but I imagine he would affirm them if we could ask him, Romans 5, 7. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Jesus died for me and for you while we were still sinners. That's what grace is all about. Grace means that God offers us his salvation while we are still sinners. He didn't wait for us to get a new pair of clothes or change our ways or change our habits or reform our tongue or whatever. Jesus didn't ask this thief, hey, you need to take a theological test before I'm going to say you're going to be with me today in paradise. He didn't offer a test. He didn't ask the thief to write then at that moment to make preparations for his life. It was too late to do that. It didn't matter to Jesus that this thief had made all kinds of mistakes in his life. So much so that he's here hanging on the cross. Jesus meets the thief right where he is and offers him in that moment salvation by grace. And that's what God has done for you and for me. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for that. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. The condemned criminal teaches us, first, that God's salvation is by grace, by grace alone. It's nothing that we do. And that's good news for all of us. The entrance exam is the same for all of us. Just believe. He's done all the work. Secondly, in your outline, from the condemned criminal, we learn that God's salvation is personal. It's by grace, and it's personal. He offers it to us personally. Salvation comes from an individual, Jesus Christ, to an individual, you and I. It comes directly from Jesus, And here in this instant, to this specific criminal, notice, back to our verse, and Jesus replied, I assure you, today, you will be with me in paradise. We don't know what his name is. Maybe that's how God wanted it to be. If we knew what his name was, then the story, it would seem to be just about him. But here Jesus says, salvation is about you. It's personal. Put your name in there. At these lessons about God's salvation from the condemned criminal, salvation is by grace. Salvation is personal. And thirdly, salvation is immediate. Immediate. Jesus replied, I assure you, today. 
You'll be with me. He tells this condemned criminal today, not tomorrow, not after years of purgatory spent making up for everything you did wrong, not after several reincarnations where you'll overcome all the negative things that happened to you. He says, no, today, today's salvation, it's immediate. He says, you don't have to wait for it. It happens the minute you receive Jesus Christ. The second. When you say yes to Jesus, he gives you salvation. When? Today. When you say, when you ask Jesus to come into your life and save you, he gives you salvation. When? Today. If you open your heart to Jesus, you can have salvation. When? Today. Acts 2.23 says, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Salvation is available to everyone. And the moment we call on the name of the Lord, we're saved. That's what the condemned criminal experienced over 2,000 years ago. Immediate salvation. That's what the condemned criminal experienced. Fourthly, God's salvation. Yes, it's immediate, but it's also through Christ alone. Through Jesus Christ alone. Comes through one person. Scripture says no man can come to the Father except through the Son. Not through whatever else somebody might try to put in there. Through Jesus. Jesus told him, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, he tells this, he tells this condemned criminal, Today you're receiving salvation through me. I am giving you salvation. He asked Jesus for salvation, and he gave him salvation through himself. Now, you receive God's salvation through Jesus Christ, or you don't receive it at all. It's not like a whole bunch of roads lead to God. There's a whole bunch of ways you can get, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. That's why as Christians we make such a big deal about Easter, let's call it for what it is, Passover. We've been at the cross and today we remember the empty tomb. It's about Jesus offering salvation to everyone through his death and his resurrection. Jesus is the only one who can offer salvation because he's God's one and only son. He's the only one who died for our sin and was raised again so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have new life. Friends, you can go and you can find the grave of Muhammad. And you can dig it up and you can find it. You can go some other religious leader and find their tomb or their grave and dig it up. But you go to the tomb of Jesus, there ain't no bones in there. He's not there. Calm down, Roy. And because he's not there, we too will rise again. You see, if if the whole story ended here, and he died on the cross, and that was it, Paul says we of all people would be most miserable. No hope. No future. But he went there, and just as he said, three days, three days, 
and he was out of there. Friends, there's coming a day. You may, your life may expire here on earth and you may be put in the ground or whatever. Or you may be alive when Jesus comes. But I'm telling you this. Jesus said, when we accepted him, we will be with him in paradise. We will be with him in paradise. We have a hope, steadfast and sure. We have a certainty that nobody can take away from us. Because Jesus said, today, you're guaranteed salvation. Today. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. It's interesting, Jesus never excluded anyone. He didn't exclude the condemned criminal. He didn't exclude Mary Magdalene. He didn't even exclude the Roman soldier, who's the one who put the spikes in his hands and in his feet. He didn't exclude you, and he didn't exclude me. Jesus never excludes anyone. He says, anyone, anyone who wants to experience God's salvation can have it through Jesus Christ. I want you to understand Christianity by far is the most inclusive faith in the world. It's crystal clear that anyone can receive God's salvation through Jesus Christ. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be certain ethnicity. You don't have to have been born in a certain country. You don't have to be a certain societal class or social class. You don't even have to have led a good life until this point. You don't have to wonder about it. You, you, you don't have to even have hope. Do I have God's salvation? If you receive God's salvation through Jesus Christ, you can know for certain that you can have it. Scripture says, these things are written that ye may know. Not N-O-K-N-O-W. You have eternal life. You have eternal life? How many have eternal life? Come on. I remember, remember the guy, what was his name? Well-known serial killer in B.C. Bundy. Remember? Remember him? And uh, and then somebody said, I, I don't know the whole story, somebody said in, in jail, he accepted Christ. I heard all kinds of speculation stuff. Do you think this guy on the cross was any different? I don't, I don't know. Certain things that people do, we, we kind of scale them and horrendous, whatever. And it's true, they are horrendous. But this guy had no time to go and make it right with anybody that he'd wronged. Now, I'm sure in a person's heart, he's asking the Lord to forgive him. Obviously, had no time. Maybe you've had the privilege of being at somebody's hospital bed or bedside when they breathe their last, and you've had the privilege of inviting them to accept Jesus Christ. That moment, 
they went to be with the Lord in paradise. Have you accepted Jesus Christ? The Apostle Paul said in Romans 5.17, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Through him we can triumph over sin. We can have our relationship restored with our Heavenly Father. That day the condemned criminal discovered the answer to the most important question in life, who is Jesus? My question for you today is, do you know? Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know for sure that if you were to die this very day that you would spend eternity with God in heaven? That you would hear these words of Jesus where he says, I assure you today you'll be with me in paradise. Listen, if you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus, in many ways you're like that condemned criminal on the cross. You're on your way to an eternity separated from God. And in a moment I'm going to pray. I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive salvation from Jesus Christ so you can know for sure, like the condemned criminal did, that you can spend your eternity with God. Now sometimes when we pray, we, we ask people to bow their heads and ask people to raise their hands. But you know, today on Easter Sunday, Passover Sunday, we heard on, on Good Friday, Pastor Roger preached a great message. You should go to the website and listen to it. Where Jesus hung on the cross naked. Took our sin, our shame. Scripture says that if we don't confess Christ before men, he won't confess us before the Father. And there's something about saying, unashamedly, I want Jesus to forgive me. Or maybe you've accepted Christ, but maybe you were like me when I was in early years in high school. I was the best secret agent going. My friend didn't know I was. I didn't tell him. I'm not saying that because I'm proud of it. I wish I would have. Oh, yeah, they knew I kind of went to youth group, but there's something about declaring our allegiance to Jesus Christ that solidifies our faith like nothing else. Remember the song we used to sing around the campfire? I have decided to follow Jesus. How many know that song? Come on. Okay, let's all get up here and be a choir. No, no, no. I'm going to ask you that in a moment. See, it wasn't an accident that the thief on the cross was crucified by Jesus' side. And it's not an accident that God has put you in the lives of other people. God has placed you in somebody else's life for a reason. And maybe God's plan is for them to find Jesus Christ through your life 
and your testimony and your witness. Or maybe they're going to find Jesus Christ through your life because you'll, in, you'll invite them to a church service like this where they too can hear the gospel and respond and accept Jesus Christ. Friends, this earth's ticking down. And if you invite them and you bring them with you or you share Christ with them in your home or a coffee shop, whatever, they will encounter Jesus the same way the condemned criminal did that day at Golgotha. And they will hear Jesus' words spoken to them one day. I assure you, today, you'll be with me in paradise. The greatest act of love any one of us can show to a friend is to lead them to a relationship with Jesus Christ who can forgive all of their sin. Greatest thing. Will you bow your heads with me, Father? On this day, when we remember the incredible emotions and experience of your disciples, Jesus, as they are trying to wrestle with the fact that the tomb is empty and you appeared to them and you spoke with them and trying to get their minds around it all and how what you said was true and who you are is true. And you paid a price and you defeated death, hell, and the grave and You brought us salvation by grace. And you're not willing any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And friends, if you're here today and you know you're not ready to meet the Christ. If you were to die today, you're not ready. Or you're not sure if you're ready. He's not your Lord. He's not your Savior. He's not your Master. Maybe he's just a Sunday acquaintance. You say, I want to hear the words of Jesus today. Today. That's you, I'd like to stand. I'd like you to stand right where you are. Say, yes, I want to hear Jesus say to me, today, today. See, friends, he, he stood for us. He, he went right to the cross. Will you stand for him? Just waiting a moment, not wanting anyone miss this moment. Father, I thank you. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. 
Can I tell you some good news? And some bad news. With your response, every person in this room is saying, I'm ready to meet Christ. That's the good news. Maybe the unfortunate news is that maybe there's somebody we could have brought with us. I remember Reverend David Penoyer telling me that his congregation in Albania, in fact, if you go on on Dave Penoyer's, David Penoyer's web, uh, Facebook, you can see a little video clip of their Easter service in Albania, but he was telling me one of his congregants once said, once said to him, Pastor, why do you give an altar call? Why do you present salvation every Sunday when you know we're all believers here? And I think he said, that's the problem. You need to bring some who aren't. Friends, I want to encourage you. Let's, let's bring someone to the house of the Lord that they too may hear the greatest message going in Scripture is that Jesus loves them unconditionally. Because he loves you, right? And loves me. Oh, he loves us. This is a great Sunday to remember. You know what? I don't know what you're playing, but I'm...